0: Welcome to Pastors with Pourovers: Conversations about coffee and the Christian faith, with your hosts, me, Cody,
1: and me, Kyle.
0: <laughs> nice. Very I unique that might opening th- for thought you. Thought that might throw you. Uh-huh. Um, so this is our last in-person episode <gasps> for at least for a while for a season.
1: A, if you're a podcast listener on podcast apps, you'd probably be like, oh were they in the same
0: place yeah. this whole time? You guys are in the same room? You feel like you probably should have coordinated better. That No. Um, but yeah, for at least a little bit this will be the last one that we're doing in the same room together, but the podcast isn't over. We Trying are to
1: hold myself together right now.
0: We're going to continue to record remotely, which is not uncommon. There are a lot of podcasts yeah, that especially nowadays that do that. Yeah actually there's podcasts that i always assumed they were in the same room and then one day they're like, well, you know, I'm in California and you're in Florida or something." And I'm yeah. like, "whoa, what?" Um the uh, amazing thing about the internet, really. Yes. The magic of the interwebs. We we will continue to podcast to produce content for you people. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> um cuz yeah, well, Kyle is moving away, which we'll we'll get to the details of. Stay tuned. But yeah.
1: You... I, I don't know if uh it's quite in frame if you're watching the video, but you can maybe see some boxes. Um to my left here outside of the frame is just a pile of pillows. Yeah. And
0: yeah, when wrap. I look right ahead, I'm just looking at a pile of pillows yeah. right now. So it's kinda of comforting.
1: We're <laughs> That's what we aim to do in this household, to make it comforting for people who visit, even in moments of moving. So, yes, uh, we are moving. We're in the process of moving right now. So we'll be doing it uh, remote from now on. But as a going away gift, uh, my manager gave us some coffee. Because I quit my job as well.
0: Yes, because you can't run a cafe while you live in a different city. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so we have here today from Nemesis Coffee in Vancouver. They just started roasting actually, um, this past year. And I have to say, if you look up online, uh, Nemesis Coffee GNW or Great Northern Way Mm -hmm. and look at their building, it is incredible. Like the architecture is so nice. So, um, look it up. Right now, it's a really cool building. I'm going to look at it. Yeah. Let's see. Um, so they started roasting, and they opened this new place. This is um, really cool, actually. Cool packaging. Um, very nice-feeling packaging, actually, like the, the card, cardboard oh. box part. It like yeah. has a texture to it. Um, and they have a QR code on the side, so you can get more information about the, um, the farmer, which is really cool. His name is Elias Pararoa um and i think his farm then is called finca tamana um so this is a colombian coffee washed process prune dark honey and white gooseberry i don't know what a gooseberry
0: is uh, oh i do they are um they're quite like sour normally or maybe that's wrong oh. someone would be offended maybe they're like tart they're very. They're a little white berry. They, they they grow wild. It's sort of like a Saskatoon. If you've ever had like a wild Saskatoon. No. No. Maybe. Ontario people. Well, <laughs> to be fair, ever since moving here, people are like, "Sask, what?" Um, but growing up, you'd see gooseberries in the wild. You'd see Saskatoons growing on bushes in the wild. And you just, when you're out walking around, so you could just pick them and eat them. Huh. Like a like a cool. Neanderthal. But yeah, gooseberries are. Uh, they're like really they kind of make you pucker it's like eating a warhead oh
1: interesting
0: so i don't, so. I don't know about that
1: it's um it's really good i uh yeah i was saying to you when i was because i was doing um we did james hoffman's v60 technique i did it on the chemex and uh he says to aim for like three and a half minutes this okay. went a little bit over that so i was like i wonder how it'll go but
0: it's it's, it's really good. good i like it i'm surprised they didn't put co- uh chocolate as a tasting note
1: yeah, because when, when I ground it, you smelled it, and yeah. you're like, oh, that's really like it smells chocolatey. like chocolate. I get a the little smell bit
0: awesome. of like a milk chocolate taste, and I feel like coffee places are always just so quick to call everything chocolate that yeah. I'm surprised they did. Yeah. Because <laughs> normally they're like, yeah, it tastes like chocolate. I'm like, I don't know what kind of yeah. <laughs> awful chocolate you're eating.
1: <laughs> but I guess so. so yeah, uh, that is our coffee today. Uh, Nemesis Coffee. This, uh, yeah, again, like you can um, scan it and you get like a whole story of the, the farmer. It's nice. Um, variety and process it says was fermented for 18 hours, soaked and dried as
0: washed. Yeah, So one thing we really look for in coffee, not always, but I think most of the time, is coffees that are single origin mm-hmm. and besides just like being a fun way to be pretentious about your coffee and sound like a hipster uh the benefit of single origin is that it's much easier to trace where it's from what the origin is and mm-hmm. thereby can actually be proved that it's fair trade or direct trade is is usually the term used
1: and I mean, o- often the name of, cuz it's the name of the farmer they put mm-hmm. on instead of like uh I don't even know what you L2 call it, like yeah. mountain blend or something. Um, you actually know that they're dealing with the farmer and therefore it's not this like kind of, it is sometimes a little bit of a hipster. Like we get yeah. it from this farm, but a lot of times it's mainly like, for me, it's like, oh, they're dealing with that farmer and giving him a better mm. quality of life because they're paying him a
0: good amount and everything. So I, I saw a heading of an article. I didn't read the article because I didn't actually find it that interesting. But the heading was basically um, that purchasing coffee from, like, South American countries actually helps protect certain people from more destructive, like, governments and stuff. Be- because it pretty much just keeps their economy going and keeps people able to feed and clothe and house themselves. Interesting. When they, they're getting fair prices for their their. Their work for yeah. their coffee, so then they're less susceptible to, to like being taken over by. I think it said communists, but I feel like that's just classic Americans. Every bad guy is the communist. communist. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. But um, that is our my going away gift. Yeah. Very nice, thank you very much.
0: So yeah, we th- thought um, this episode we we literally just started a new series going through. Uh,
1: we were gonna do this last week, but then we were like. Uh, let's wait a week and like actually kind of think out like
0: yeah, sit on it. More. Had some more conversations with people, and um, but we we thought we'd let you know just what we've been up to this past year, and if you've been like a longtime listener, and I know there are some, you may remember the days when our intro was you know,
1: right listed like, like ten Overs, things,
0: and I was like I'm a pastor, church planner, barista, blah blah blah, and we kind of just stopped at yeah. some point
1: i will say though like there's i mean there's this, the reason behind it for sure but then also like it was like how much longer can yeah, i kind of can, can keep joke this joke too, going but of adding more and more but. which is
0: i think why no one like commented but okay. we we stopped saying that because we felt like it it was kind of dishonest with the way things were going well
1: at that point yeah yeah at that yeah.
0: point um yeah, we were like when we started this podcast, we were in the midst of trying to plant a church together um, while also working at a cafe. And that's mm-hmm. really how this came about, that we were always talking about church stuff while we worked at the cafe that was funding our church plant, or at least our part in it. And funding
1: in the sense <laughs> of they paid us for our, our yeah, labor.
0: <laughs> kept us alive so that <laughs> yeah. we could preach. Um,
1: But yeah, we, yeah. And so then we started out of that Mm -hmm. and in that, um, in that as well, we were planting a church as part of a team, um, and kind of in a, I mean, with the weird things of COVID that happened and everything, Mm -hmm. um, it looked very, maybe very different than we anticipated the kind of first year going. Mm -hmm. Um, and so with that we were in the process of, of planting a church. So we yeah. said we were church planters. When
0: well, the whole thing really so we were both pastors beforehand. Well I was like a, a effectively an elder candidate because my denomination or our denomination, we were the same denomination. Uh, mm-hmm. Won't ordain you unless you have a master's degree. So I guess you weren't technically a pastor. I either, wasn't but, te- but like
1: yeah, title no. To
0: technically a pastor, but like they recognized, affirmed by the congregation and the mm-hmm. board. And I mean, part of my process was even like denominational people affirmed and stuff. So we called yeah. we functioned as pastors. We were called pastors despite you know not the like the bureaucracy of yeah. it, but uh, we we were pastors before. And um, I mean, I, I don't know if you've told much of your story, but you had stepped down from your position and you mm-hmm. ended up at the church where I was pastoring along with uh, another guy and some other people who all eventually became part of a church plant. And we we had church planning on our mind.
1: Yeah, I like after I left my position, we were planning to kind of stay in the area and figure things out and what mm-hmm. we would do next. And so we were like, well, let's go where we know, like Cody and is like, you know, we knew people mm-hmm. um, at that church. So we were like, oh, let's go there. But then like literally a month after is when COVID hit. Yeah. And so like as far as being a part of the church, like I, I had attended and like kind of connected with you guys even more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I was trying to figure things out. And so then. Through the process and everything, we all found ourselves in this kind of transition period yeah. of like, what are we doing for church and, and all this stuff? Uh, and that led to, let's, uh, we really feel called to plant a church in this area. We see a need yeah. for it. Um, our area as well uh, saw, what is seeing so many people moving to the area because mm-hmm. of new developments. So we looked at that and we're like, okay, this is a huge. Opportunity and um, not and not just an opportunity in that sense of like let's get after it, but just like there's so many people that are going to be moving in, so let's see if it's God's will of planting a church. So
0: many people in a fairly like progressive middle class area of an already very post Christian basically province Mm -hmm. like most of BC. I mean, when you get into the rural areas, some of it's different, but but Metro Vancouver. I'm sure Victoria is similar, like just very yeah. post-Christian, like it's not standard. You don't just go to church. It's not the thing you do to go to church. So um, there, as far as we know, no other churches are planning to try and reach this community. It was pretty like, or it is pretty like kind of far out. Like it's very the out specific, of
1: the way. specific like neighborhood we yeah. were thinking of. And yeah. even
0: like working at a cafe in that neighborhood, we, we see the fruit of that, that we don't mm. get a ton of tr- traffic because it's so like isolated where it is and it's like what a what a perfect place to to put a church and we've been dreaming about church planning because we we are passionate about church planning in general Mm -hmm. Uh, we've mentioned on previous episodes how we believe that the church is better served by more churches more smaller churches Mm -hmm. and more pastors who can lead and shepherd and pastor than like you know, mega congregations, which do serve a, a place we, have, I mean, we've said yeah. as well, but that we, we see a need for just tons of churches to really just blanket our communities and church communities. And um,
1: specifically when certain communities in a city don't have a church mm-hmm. representation there. Yeah. Um, And that's like, that's a big thing too, is a lot of people, you know, there's like uh, a lot of cities are broken up into different um, neighborhoods and even communities and stuff. And so then it kind of takes on its own culture and, mm-hmm. and area. And so a church to be in that place, instead of saying, Oh, we're a church like 20 minutes down the road from you and in the other community, you should yeah. come here. Um, it's more like be contextual to the people there mm-hmm. in that neighborhood for who they are. Um, so we, we're working in the community and we saw the need and we had this desire and um, a group of people that were interested in it as well. Yeah. And so we kind of put all of uh all of our eggs in the basket. That's what you were. Yeah, all of our all eggs, eggs in one basket. Love that phrase. All of our eggs in one basket.
0: We 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 put like kind of everything into this. Like I had honestly, like, I mean, there were issues and I was I wasn't full time um but I had like a pretty like I could have coasted and mm-hmm. just kept my job. And the way things were going, I was doing very little in my last final months there. Like I'd gone yeah. from at the beginning of COVID, like really like fingers to the bone working, to like the new interim pastor came in and leadership structures had changed. I was doing almost nothing. I could have just coasted and got on an almost free paycheck and finished my degree. And I put that on the line to because I was bought into this church plant. and mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, in general, I think whenever you decide to go the route of church planting, there's sacrifice with it. But then specifically in our, um, in our situation, we just saw a need and we were a bunch of people in transition. Mm-hmm. So we didn't necessarily have like a, a church that was like, here's 50 people and yeah. here's $300,000 <laughs> and like, go ahead, right? So- there's that and then specifically as well for us like we live in an expensive Mm -hmm. place to live like rent is crazy we're just outside vancouver which has the most expensive rent in canada yeah some of the most expensive in north america um and so it is uh, in that sense itself like you know it's like oh it's a sacrifice to live here we have the mountains and the ocean and whatever Mm -hmm. but the sacrifice for us really is that like it's a lot of money to live here and yeah. so we don't have amazing paying jobs right like yeah. like fun jobs great jobs but like it, at the end of the day you're you know we're not the same as people who are making mm-hmm. like oh, six figures right when it was
0: like i th- think you'd agree it was worth it mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. doing ministry like I've pretty much there's been very short periods of my life where I've been full time ministry. I've almost always had to have a, a supplemental job. And like it's always worth it. Even mm-hmm. if it's the worst job, even if I'm like, you know, picking gravel out of someone's lawn or something, or you know, I've had far worse jobs actually. But yeah, like when it it's easier to to keep that in mind that you're doing it for the Lord when you're involved in a church. Yeah. And you're really committed to a church. Um, Like that, I remember I was thinking that even just recently, how, you know, growing up, we were, oh, it was like a memory verse. We were always being told, like, everything you do, work as if you're working for the Lord. And that, that always seemed so hard. Like, when I had my first job at McDonald's, I just hated it because I was just an angsty, like, entitled teenager. Mm-hmm. But when you're really involved in your church, you're committed to your church, you're pouring into your church, th- then, like, you can see your job as a means of enabling you financially to do the thing you really are passionate about that has lasting value and that gives you joy even if your job isn't one that brings you gives you joy and has lasting value like right and I mean we do enjoy making coffee but really the lasting value uh, no (laughs) like we're not (laughs) making a difference in the world like we're making coffee Mm -hmm. we're uh appeasing people's insatiable need for extra hot lattes like (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah it's yeah and so when you you know when you are working like that in a very expensive area it's like it it, having the something like a church plant or being involved in a church in that way you're like okay this is Mm. worth it um so we were like going at this for um about a year and
0: it seemed like things were starting to go well
1: yeah and yeah we were getting things more in order like covid really kind of slowed things down because it was like mm. you can meet and then it's like actually you can't also you can't have people at your home and it was like this weird like not only did churches have to decide like what this means for them as a church and they're like already established like as yeah. a church plant it's like a just a different conversation as well right and
0: there's so many people too that like verbally told us yeah we're on board with this church plant as soon as restrictions open up as soon as i feel safe as soon as so like we're we're meeting and there's like at most maybe 20 people on like the best day Mm -hmm. and but we're counting like the the 30 like verbal contracts of people that that are just waiting for covid to blow over
1: yeah and and you're taking all those things into account and Um, thinking what's the best way to shepherd this and everything. Mm -hmm. But um, near the end of it, we were starting to like make some more solid plans for, okay, we can get a meeting place. And um, we were talking with the church planting network and Mm -hmm. like different things like that were starting to move forward. um, And we were trying, basically starting to gain momentum to be like, okay, we're going to organize everything and launch in this like community, basically. Mm -hmm
0: and and that's when maybe we we were the only ones who felt it was going well is, is maybe the, the kind of tragic irony or like cuz right when we I
1: wouldn't I, I don't know if I would say like th- it was going thinking it was going well but just like um what ended up what ended up happening is everyone kind of started we all started seeing like different needs in our lives mm-hmm. right
0: yeah that's fair I mean, yeah, like w- it was going to be a long time before we had a children's ministry mm-hmm. like that wasn't that wasn't even really on our to do list. Mm-hmm. That was like down the line. Our plan was to have kids in the service and that was something we were we were open to. And yeah, we had a, a few key families just decided and we affirm that they're, mm-hmm. like we it would be best for our family if we went to another church. to an established church that had these ministries and absolutely no hard feelings on our part. Um, and then in that, like, uh, another key leader that was with us sort of was was like, you know, I don't know if this is the time for me to plant a church.
1: Right. And what does this mean for for us moving forward? Yeah. And, and so, and, and that I think, um, for us when we, we were seeing momentum and, you know, the other side of it is, like, you're at the coffee shop every day talking, and you're yeah. like, oh, let's think about doing this and this and this. Um, but then, at some point, like, everyone has to get real and is like, okay, this is what's best for for us moving mm-hmm. forward. Um, and at that point, um, when those kind of decisions were made, um, it was like, okay, this is not happening anymore. Yeah. Um, which is... at first was like a shock for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a, it's amazing. I've said to some people talking about it and stuff. I think typically when you hear of stories like this, or you hear stories of churches who, um, end up closing their doors or falling apart or whatever, Mm -hmm. splitting up. Um, I mean, I've told my story about church splits and stuff. um, Typically you think it's like, oh, there was bad blood or like something happened that like everyone just like disagreement or which wasn't the case. It was just the life circumstances happened and people had to make decisions uh, for what would be best for them and for their families. Um and so our plans kind of fell through. Mm. Um and a very short period of time like we were like oh we talked to this person we got this thing going and and then it's yeah. like hey we we have to step out like was, yeah. okay well we can keep doing this we, we got this going and this going and we have to step out and then it's like okay maybe you should start like heating the the signs right yeah
0: if kind of in, in ways it felt like we we're we we're we thought we were just merging onto the highway and someone pulled the e-brake on us like mm. Just a very sudden stop, and yeah, that that was a, I'd say a very discouraging thing mm-hmm. initially, and I it still is like I'm still it's still sad and discouraging. Um, we felt a, like a little bit the the questions of like were we wrong, right? Or, like were we not doing what we were supposed to do? Did did like,
1: we do something that I think everyone in the group was like, did, could I have done something different? Or yeah. like, is there some way that this could have worked out or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And
0: then, um, yeah. it, even like personally, just having it, like having left a church position to be part of a church plant and then have the church plant dissolved and kind of just be free floating. Like, it's a little bit isolating. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like where do i go <laughs> like
1: yeah cuz that's your that's your church family right? yeah like a lot of people look at when especially when a church plant's starting it's like oh it's not a real church or whatever mm-hmm. but like we we you know i said the whole time the church is a, a gathering of believers in Jesus Christ right yeah and um some people take that too far and are like oh my tuesday night um video Mm -hmm. Bible study is, is my church or whatever. But you know what I mean? But like there is structure to it, but like it's at the the end of the day, it's the, it's the gathering of the believers. We
0: really resisted the idea of like preview services Mm -hmm. or anything like, no, we're, we're gathered for worship. We're the ecclesia, we're the the assembly of the church.
1: So that's your church family. And then it it ends up dissolving. Right. And people Mm -hmm. start, Start parting ways. parting ways in the sense of, like, it feels like everyone just kind of, like, ran away from each other. But, like, parting ways in that, like, we didn't see, no. we weren't doing Sundays anymore, right? One, well, it
0: was, I'd say for me, it was comparable to, like, Um, I don't know if you would have had similar experience, because I, f- I think you moved away pretty quick. But, when, like, when I graduated Bible college, I stayed. And pretty much none of my friends did Mm -hmm. like everyone that was really close to in Bible college, like moved back to Ontario or New Brunswick or to the States or wherever they're from. Yeah. And I stayed and you're, it's like, not like I've been abandoned. It's not like, Oh, how could they do this? But there's still this feeling of like, Oh, I'm alone. Yeah. And I'd say this is kind of a similar feeling. Like nobody abandoned us. They didn't like just you know, leave us out to dry or whatever. But it is a little bit like, oh, oops, like, did well, we miss the th- boat? Yeah, <laughs> and
1: you start thinking like, okay, what, what does this mean now? Mm-hmm. Like, what does this mean for us now? And that's, I think, why we've called this episode, like, Failure, Discouragement, and Calling. Because we can say, like, now we, uh, we, our church plant failed, I guess, right? Yeah. And, you know, you can look at that as, like, something that is a really, really bad thing or, but it's,
0: yeah. Is, is failed church planter a title of disgrace or is it yeah, just like, yeah. like an achievement you weren't up on to Xbox snuff, or something? Right? Like, yeah.
1: yeah. And so like, we, you know, we're using our story to kind of, we, we like to be open on the podcast about our lives and, and what we've done and what we're doing and stuff. So we can honestly say that our, the church plant has failed in that sense Um, and we've gone through discouragement, but we're using it almost as a story and an illustration of when we go through times of times when we've failed or, um, feel like we've failed or we're discouraged about situations in life. Mm. Um, where do we look to and what do we lean on in those moments? Um, and that's why we talk about calling Mm. as well. Why we want to talk about calling as well, because even though, um, our plans failed. We know that God is working through them. Yeah. Um, Romans eight twenty eight, right? Uh, for God works all things for the good of those who love Him.
0: Yes, sounds right. Eight twenty eight. You quoted that correctly. Is that eight twenty eight? Yeah. Though? I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. Romans
1: eight. Um, but that means even the yeah. Yeah, even the bad things in life, God works for the good of those who love him Mm -hmm. and for his glory as well. Um, Even if we, it it doesn't feel like it to us, even our failures and even our discouragement.
0: Yeah. One that, I think one thing that, that struck me recently, actually, it kind of was said in a sermon at a church I was visiting recently, though. I don't think it was actually what he was saying. I think it was just what I heard or what the Holy spirit was saying to me, perhaps from, from it. But, basically the idea that it's okay to lose self-confidence mm. because our confidence shouldn't be in ourself. It should be in Christ. And yeah. I think that's often like, Oh man, I feel so much self doubt. It's like, that's okay. You can doubt yourself because really I like, I'm, I wasn't the one making things happen anyways. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not the one building the church. Christ is building his church.
1: Yeah. And you can look at the situation you're in, you know, you can think what, what I said before, right. Uh, could I have done something better? Could I have done something different? Could I have done better in some way? Um, was it because of certain skills I don't have like mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff? Um, and I, uh, I was sharing with you before this, uh, I think you kind of like mentioned the verse and you're like, Oh, which one was that? I was like, ah, oh, it's this one. And yeah. One of my favorite verses. And, um, One for me, as I was even preparing to go into ministry, has been an encouragement to me at 2 Corinthians 3, 4 and 5. says, such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Yeah. and You know, I like the NASB. It it speaks of sufficient. It says adequacy. So -hmm. not that we are adequate in ourselves, but our adequacy comes from. God. And that's where it's like, we lose self confidence. And we think, uh, I'm just maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe it failed, because I did something that Mm. I I, I wasn't ready for it, I couldn't do this or whatever. But we in those moments, it points us to that, yeah, we're not sufficient enough ourselves but
0: our sufficiency comes from God. You just reminded me, and I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I always try to say it from memory and butcher it. <laughs> but one that's been like, for me, like a verse that was an encouragement going into ministry is uh, 1 Corinthians 1, uh, like basically 26 to, to 29 probably says, for consider your calling brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful and not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And that's just always kind of struck me, especially because, like, I'm I'm not the hugely, like, charismatic extrovert and, and, like... We, well, we both kind of started in youth ministry too. And in mm-hmm. youth ministry, it's like that's expected. A church is like, why should we hire you to be in youth ministry? And you're like, because I really want to teach good theology. And they're like, no, do a trick. like <laughs> Do a kickflip. Like, yeah. And I always felt like I just wasn't exciting. I wasn't interesting. I wasn't that smart. I wasn't great. And that was something that encouraged me. And I'm like, well, that's okay because mm-hmm. it's not on me. I don't need to have confidence myself. I need to have confidence in christ
1: it's one of the things that um it, for my life too like um i've become a little less awkward uh since i've grown up yeah a little bit but um uh one of the things that i would have definitely and i feel like people say this all the time but it was like 100 percent true is that i would have never seen myself as like wanting to pursue a, a job that involved a lot of public speaking yeah Um, And even now, like I'm I can be quite awkward in interpersonal relationships, Mm -hmm. like, you know, one on one or with people. I am the worst at small talk in the world. Um, I stumble over words all the time or whatever. And uh, one of the things that. um, I guess showed me that one of my spiritual gifts truly was teaching Mm. was that I would get up to I was put in positions where I had to teach the Bible by a bunch of different people and I'd get up there and all of a sudden, like, I wouldn't say, um, as uh, like at all, or, or say like, or, you know, those filler words Mm -hmm. and I'd be like coherent in my speech. And then I'd get down and be like, so, uh, (laughs) and like start, you know? Um, and in that, I was like, I I feel like that's a clear spiritual gift for me because for some reason in my interpersonal relationships, I don't feel adequate all the mm-hmm. time to, like, really ta- have a conversation with someone I just met or whatever. But I can get up on a stage mm-hmm. in front of, like, sometimes hundreds of people and actually, like, share the word of God. Yeah,
0: I totally relate. And I do ha- I have kind of a weird, like, maybe it's an evangelistic gift, but, like, I'll, I constantly like i know where all of our coworkers at the cafe stand spiritually mm-hmm. by like accident
1: you literally like you'll it'll be their first shift where they first get yeah. on and then you'll be like yeah so did you know this person went to church when they were four years old and yeah and then like i don't, it's I don't like, know
0: it just comes up but just, just like random people too yeah it's like having good conversations and yeah uh, I, I yeah i often feel like it's bringing it home where I'm like, I don't know how to bring this conversation home to, like, you know, <laughs> apostatize them, like, convert them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, proselytize, that's the word. Yeah. Proselytize them and convert them. But also, like, we've talked about evangelism the sovereignty of God in the past. We have the confidence that God's the one working to convert them. The, mm-hmm. Like, even if I say the stupidest thing, he's working. But, but yeah, I've related, too, with, like, I've found often, especially when I go into a new church or a new setting, um, people are like, oh, what are your... Spiritual gifts, I'm like, oh, I like preaching and teaching, and they're like, hmm, <laughs> hmm sure, yeah. <laughs> and then, if I ever actually get a chance, then people are like, oh, yeah. and, and I'd say that not as a boast, but like 100% Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't make any sense that I should be good at public speaking because I yeah. can barely string like two sentences together normally. And even on the podcast, listening to the podcast back sometimes, I'm like the like, like. Like the, light, yeah. like, Oh, stop it. Yeah. Somebody take him off the air. But, like, but yeah, it, as soon as I'm up there with my Bible on stage, the, there's something where the spirit just moves. And, well, and that's for,
1: I, I, it might be, this, I think it's the same for you, but for me, like that's where second Corinthians three is such an encouragement to me because um, it's a, a part of life for me where I really have to take that verse to heart. Mm-hmm. Because if I go up in the sufficiency of myself um, I would maybe be completely incoherent, but when I when I go up and when I'm studying, I'm like okay, um, my sufficiency is from God, my adequacy is from God as well, mm. and so I need Him to really come through. Yeah. Um, and I everyone gets nervous before they preach. I think, um, I I'm always nervous, and that's one of the things I'm always nervous about. Is like, is this going to make sense to people who hear? Mm. Um, and so that's where you know you lose self-confidence in times of failing and and times of um discouragement because you think it's something for you but um one of the things we want you know we thought about with along with this is that um it really brings you back to what your calling is yeah it's like in our situation we thought okay church plant that's our calling this is what we're going to be doing for the next however many years um this is what it is and then that is um that ends Mm -hmm. and so it's like okay so like what am i supposed to do then what is it and we went back to what is our calling well
0: and uh yeah one thing that's been a huge encouragement to me is we we've mentioned in again recent episode first peter five and the the one of the first commands in there is uh shepherd the flock that is among you Mm -hmm. And when I read that recently, I I just felt such a peace. I was like, we did that. Mm -hmm. Like we, we shepherded those people the best we could. Like we taught them as faithfully as we could. We encouraged each other as as best we could while they were there. And while they needed that, while we were Mm -hmm. all in transition and kind of church limbo. And now people have moved on to other churches and they're happy there and they're being fed there and, yeah and, I, th- I think they were
1: given for a time yeah. to be under our teaching. And then now
0: well, the time is complete. It's interesting because people always tell me when I'm like, I want to do vocational ministry and they're like, you can do ministry wherever you are. <laughs> you don't have to be vocational ministry. And that's just a people's way of saying they don't have confidence in me to hire me. I know, but like, <laughs> um, but <the> retrospect, <laughs> I can look back and I can go be like, well, I did do ministry though? And that's cool. It's so cool to see how God used wherever I was, anyways. Mm-hmm.
1: And we're called to in that shepherd the flock that is among you, right? We've talked about um, we're to be faithful where we are, where He's placed mm-hmm. us. I I think I've told you about this before, but like when I was doing youth ministry, always the pressure in youth ministry is like you need your group to grow bigger. Yeah, like that's always it's literally even though churches will say. Um, oh, it's not about the numbers. Like it's about the relationships Mm -hmm. and everything. Um, there is always the underlying thing of like, how many kids do you have going out? And especially with like kind of just regular people and, and congregants and stuff, you say they're like, oh, how's you, how's youth group going? You're like, oh yeah, it's going really well. And you're thinking like a kid just got, uh, became a Christian and we had a great week at camp. And lots of relationships and they're like oh cool so so like how many people do you have coming and that's always like your thought but um for me you know a kid would come to our youth group maybe and didn't connect with people there or kids and so they started Mm -hmm. trying out another youth group or whatever and then eventually you'd find out or you would talk to them and they'd say that or whatever and you'd be like I would just be like, sweet. I yeah. mean, if like, yeah, they're a great youth group. And if you're like connecting with people there and you're growing there, like head out and, mm. and go there. Right. Um, and that's where like God entrusts people to, I think to everyone, like just generally like friendships. I think you're supposed to steward those well, but especially mm. to pastors um, to shepherd people he's given them.
0: Yeah. I think, kind of, our, our next point that we wanted to to sort of end on, and we we'll, we have a bunch of scripture here, but really, this idea that our again, our confidence isn't in ourselves. Um, Romans five three to four says, uh, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And that might kind of be like, okay, well, how does that lead to confidence? Actually, you can even just verse five, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the, the Holy Spirit. But then I saw this, this passage in Hebrews just recently, and I feel like Hebrews is a book that I forget all the time what's in it. Every time I read Hebrews, I'm like, wow, I totally forgot that was in the Bible. Because it's a hard book. Yeah, it's hard, but it's got good stuff. Uh, Hebrews 3, six is. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Our confidence is not in ourselves. It's not in our ability. It's not in our success. It's not in the numbers. It's in our hope, which is Christ, mm-hmm. a hope that does not put us to shame.
1: And that reminders like that show us that when we fail or when we're discouraged, the purpose of it is to point us to our hope, which is Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's our comfort in things. So like in our situation and in situations that, you know, listeners may find themselves in as well, um, things don't always go as planned. And that is just the nature of the world that we live in and -hmm. and the nature of, of life. Um, But, wherever we go, we know that our hope is in Christ and that Mm -hmm. he cares for us. He takes, he will take care of us. Um, and he calls us to hold fast to that confidence and trust that he really is able to do what he says he he can do. Mm -hmm. Um, in situations like ours, right, you have a plan and you think it's going well and then things don't go as, as you thought it's easy to lose your, your confidence in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of lose your way in it but we can go on to other things and do other things because we know that our confidence is in Christ and he'll be with us along the way
0: yeah well we should probably wrap this up but we we should talk about what's next we mentioned we we're going to be recording remotely because you're moving so what what's going on Kyle
1: where am I moving I Should I know. give my uh, specific address yes. to everyone? Yes, what is your postal code? <laughs> <laughs> Get a P.O. box <laughs> so we can send you gifts. <laughs> uh, so Brittany and I, are we're moving to Calgary. Mm-hmm. So we're not just moving like a city or two away or anything. Like it's a province away, which is why we won't be doing this in yeah. person for now. Um, because we're going to be moving farther away. Um, if it was just a city or two, like mm. we would still probably meet up and do this. Um, but yeah, so we're moving there. Um, and, uh, we're excited about it. We'll be moving in just a few days, um, which is why there's all these boxes yep. and stuff around here. We cleared off the table for uh, the sake of the podcast. Mm. So you're welcome everyone. But, um, yeah, that's where we're going. And then, um, as far as that, like what's next, I think it's just, um, you know, aside from moving everything. I think we felt that like Calgary is a good place for us to land right now Mm -hmm. in our lives and um, to see what God has in store for us to get plugged into a church there. Um, We know some some guys and some pastors and churches there that we feel like we can really be a part of. Um, So we're going to be going there. Uh, I'm going to keep doing my schooling. Mm. Hopefully get it done soon. I love school. It just takes I disagree. a long, long I time sometimes. So, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be doing that as well, and uh, taking whatever opportunities that that God gives me there. What about you, Cody? What's next for you? I just
0: want to say, I feel like that really is the key difference between us when people are like, yeah, you seem like complimentary personalities because Cody's more, uh, you know, in Cosmo, you know, it's, it's really, it's that you love school <laughs> and I do not. <laughs> school has never been kind to Cody. <laughs> Although I always get C's and C's are for Cody. So maybe that's why that, you that's do its it. kindness. Yeah. Probably. Um, I always
1: get K's for Kyle.
0: <laughs> That's questionable. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm a little less certain. I'm a little bit more in limbo right now. I have have uh, leases to to tie up and, and finish out and, dang leases. And uh, yeah, trying to figure out what's next. I would also like to finish my degree. Um, it's been I've had like several attempts at my degree where I've like started a course and then just like not or like dropped out of course like i was registered for school this fall and and ended up just unregistering from all my classes Mm -hmm. and stuff like that when you know everything kind of hit the fan but yeah um yeah i'm open to god's leading i what's funny is like I would also love to go to Calgary, though I'm thinking probably a different part of Calgary, mm-hmm. so I'm not totally stalking. And that's you.
1: that's also why we say like this is the last one for now. Yeah, I am optimistically. Potentially, who knows?
0: I just I've heard, I've heard about some projects going on there with church planners and efforts they want to make to plan a lot of churches, mm-hmm. and, um, I probably want to be like someone's assistant or associate for a while mm-hmm. until. Like I don't know that I'm ready to, to try, like, being a planter again. But uh, yeah, I might end up in Calgary too. We'll see uh, if, or I might end up not. But I'm probably not staying here. <laughs> I, I'll say that I do feel, uh I mean I, I don't know if this makes your your harder cessationist uh, bones rattle or whatever. Always but, make like, me seem I like
1: I'm so like. <laughs> Like, I don't believe anything happens. God the, doesn't say things. Who's, who's the Holy Spirit? What's that?
0: But yeah, I do feel like it's been being made very clear that it's uh, the end of my time in this community. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to be attentive to where where is next.
1: Yeah. Uh, Which is a good, Yeah, and we've talked about this, uh, just to close it off, is a good place to be as well. Um, the, to have all these things that we've talked about and go through that process mm. and then say like, I don't necessarily know where next or what next, but I'm open to wherever God yeah. has for me. And he usually makes it pretty clear. Eventually mm. it, you know, he'll, he'll drag you there. Yeah, if usually in
0: my life, every door slams in my face, but one, yeah. and then the, that like, door is where I'm supposed <laughs> go to, to that go. One. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I, we've never asked for this, but you know, if you're a listener and you, you care i'd appreciate prayer Mm -hmm. and you know that's an interesting thought too we should pray for our listeners more often (laughs) in a vague sense (laughs) you know we don't know who all of you are but we appreciate you guys
1: yeah and uh if any of this uh uh hits you right yeah i don't know right in the the feels or whatever resounds with you um feel free to reach out to us uh, as always um, we are not celebrities. Um, so Clearly. we are very, <laughs> we're very accessible. Um, you can reach out to us on our Instagram at pastors with Pourovers or, um, our website as well. Um, we'd love to, to chat and, uh, I don't know, hear your stories. If you're in Calgary, um, and you happen to listen, I, I don't know if anyone does, but if you do, and you want to like, go for coffee or something,
0: hit and, me up. And or let me sleep on your couch. Yeah, because
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not letting Cody sleep on my couch. Yeah, it's, it's a so, really
0: nice couch. Yeah.
1: So um, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we hope that uh, this was encouraging to you. Um, uh, our life updates, always fun. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we are splitting it. We have some coffee coming along along the road. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna split it up before before we split up.
0: It'll, it'll and be part ways. It'll be interesting, but we'll still talk about coffee. Yeah,
1: for sure. That's you can't be pastors with pour overs with, without the coffee, right?
0: So again, if you're an audio-only listener, you might just be like, "Wait, something changed."
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but hey, we're letting you know.
1: Don't worry. Right. Like, comment, subscribe, do all the the good things, and we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>